Well, hi everyone. It's uh, Major General Mick Ryan here once again for another uh, Conversation Six conversation. This time, uh, I'm joined by Lieutenant General Dave Barno, who is co-author with um, his frequent collaborator Nora Benchale on a, a wonderful new book called Adaptation Under Fire: How Militaries Change in Wartime. Uh, this is a really important uh, topic for military institutions as well as national security establishments. Uh, is the world is changing quickly and uh, we need mechanisms to do that. Uh, so firstly, uh, welcome, Dave. It's great to be able to talk to you. It's great to uh, converse with you as well, Mick, from Down Under and uh, looking forward to our conversation. So, uh, Dave, why don't you explain first why this is such an important topic right now? Well, we realized as we began to look at the challenges that militaries face that Inevitably, we're moving into an era where the ability of militaries to predict the future is becoming far worse than it's ever been before. It's never been easy. Uh, militaries always try and put together their best jigsaw puzzle of what the next war is going to look like so they can buy equipment and train leaders and develop doctrine, but they inevitably get it wrong. We're, we're concerned looking into the future as we envision it that because of the vast amount of strategic uncertainty, the degree of warfare morphing outside of its traditional boundaries, and, and the amount of exponential changes happening in the world, that now it's even more difficult than ever to be able to envision what that future war might look like. Yeah, I love the uh, quotes you have in there uh, from, from people like uh, Williamson Murray and, and Sir Michael Howard looking at, um, you know, it's important to get lots of things right, but it's even more important once you head into some form of conflict to be able to recognise change and change quickly. Um, in, in the book, uh, you and Nora, uh, I guess, identify what I would call another remarkable trinity. There's, there's, there's three elements that are important in the adaptive capacity of a military institution. Could you describe them for us? Sure. We, we identify them as doctrine, technology and leadership. In the doctrine arena, basically the blueprints of how militaries think about fighting wars, what kind of tactics they're going to use, how they're going to structure their organization to be able to prevail in that next conflict. They have to make estimates of that and, and make decisions about that in peacetime. In technology, they've got to do the same. They've got to determine what kind of weaponry and equipment that they are going to actually invest in to provide their air forces, armies, their navies to kind of mechanical, technological advantage that they will need in the next conflict. And again, that's always the best guess. Then finally, they've got to develop the leaders. And we argue this may be the most important thing they do is thinking through how to develop leaders who can be adaptive to build on, you know, the investments that have been made in doctrine and technology. Even doctrine and technology are going to have to adapt during conflicts, but leaders are going to drive that. And how you develop them in peacetime may be critical to how adaptive they are in war. Yeah, I love the focus on leadership. Um, successful organisations uh, always have good leaders. So if uh, you were to give some advice to our military leaders out there now, you know, what the, should they be doing to enhance the adaptive capacity of the institutions that they lead? Well, I think one, there's a couple of things. We have actually 20 recommendations in the book, so it's a fairly uh, long list and would encourage you to get the book and go through all of those. But, but a couple I would single out Again, looking to professional military education, uh, we argued that that needs to be revamped and be made much more rigorous. And we, we think it also needs to be complemented with, you know, particularly your rising stars in the leadership with advanced civil education, with master's degree programs, perhaps even some PhDs 
on officers who are going, going to go on to senior positions of command, not simply because you know, they need to be better educated, but they need to be exposed to ideas that are outside that incubator of the military where when you sit in a military seminar classroom in a war college or a staff college, everyone around you has the same clothes, they're wearing the same uniforms, they have the same haircuts, and they tend to think alike. Civilian graduate education expands your horizon. That was probably the most valuable thing to me in the latter years of my career. I also think that we're, we're arguing that uh, your, your exercise and training program needs to really reflect the need to deal with the unexpected, to be able to, to operate in degraded conditions, to be able to face an enemy who has capabilities you didn't even know he had, and start building that resilience and adaptability into your peacetime training exercises. There's a myriad of other uh, recommendations in there, but those are just a couple that I think would be of particular interest, and it could be done by you know, military commanders out there in the field in the case of the latter. That, that uh, yeah, that's music to my ears, particularly in my current position. But uh, you know, more generally, I think those leadership functions are just vital. Hey, we just have a sh less than a minute left. Could you quickly uh, talk about your favourite case study uh, in the book of successful adaptation? I, I think my personal one, frankly, is uh, Field Marshal Bill Slim in Burma uh, in the. Second World War in the China Burma India Theater. He had the toughest assignment probably of any of the senior theater commanders out there. He had the least resources. He had the, the most poorly equipped army. And in some cases, the army without capabilities that were standard everywhere else in the world. He turned that army around from being utterly defeated by the Japanese in the space of a year and then went back in a very austere theater and drove it on to victory. So my, my personal one that, that uh, I'm excited that we have in the book, and it's not an American example, obviously uh, is uh, is an inspiration to me and has been been one of my favorite reads throughout my career. Well, thanks, Dave. We're about out of time and I really appreciate the conversation today. Great talking with you, Mick.